Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 23rd of October, 2023, the 8th of Cheshvan 5784. I am in Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. And today is, I guess, day 17 since the horrible Shabbat, Simcha Torah, when Hamas savages, barbarians came in and murdered 1,400, not only murdered, raped and mutilated and murdered 1,400 Israelis in cold blood here in the state of Israel. Since then, I've done, you know, several shows. I've had a guest or two on and um, most of the time focused on the news and giving updates or whatnot. And I decided to do something a little bit different here today um, because I it, it's just so hard, you know, on your own just to to look at the news and see how terrible it is and how depressing it is. And I really just wanted somebody to talk to. So who better than uh, the one and only Eve Harrow, host of Rejuvenation, here also on the Land of Israel Network. She's also the Director of Tourism and Education for the One Israel Fund. And they do amazing work providing those security teams in Judea, Samaria, the north, the south, with the equipment they need Um Exactly, exactly because of what happened down on the southern border. And uh, I can only imagine how worse it could have been, as bad as it was, if it wasn't for people and organizations like people like Eve Harrow and organizations like the One Israel Fund who are, you know, working now 24-7 to get equipment where it is needed. So, Eve, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on my show. And, you know, we talked about before the war, we talked about maybe, you know, going back and forth and now, uh, unfortunately, due to circumstance, it's, you know, it got it got very, very real, very, very quick. Yeah. So thanks so, for having me on, Josh. I think uh, a lot of us just need somebody to talk to. I know I was up at two o'clock in the morning and that was it for the night. And I know you're the same. So, um, yeah, I mean, every, every night trying to get some sleep is a is a challenge if you're listening from abroad. Um, you know, nightmares, unable to fall asleep, waking up, you know, the only sounds I actually like, which sometimes keep me up, which I don't mind are the IDF planes overhead that I can handle. Right. At least we have that. And 75 yeah, years sure. ago, we did not have that. So, uh, you know, I don't mind when those planes keep me up, but, but the nightmares and this and that, and again, and I'm not on the front lines and I'm, I'm just, you know, one person here who's dealing with the situation like everybody else, but you know, those who are really dealing with it are the first responders and the IDF and those on the front lines who are at this point, Eve, uh, just waiting, waiting to see what happens next. Yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange time right now. These last few days have almost been like suspended animation. You know, those first few days, the shock of what was happening and the numbers coming out and some of the pictures coming out and the names, of course, and there isn't anybody, you know, really in Israel who wasn't in some way connected to either someone who was killed or injured or taken hostage or missing which is, I can't imagine that hell on earth, the not knowing. And what we're hearing now is that there's going to be between 100 and 200 people who will probably never be identified um, because of the state that the bodies are in right now. So it's a very strange thing. Um, and uh, and it's, it's just, I mean, I know personally I'm swinging between despair, like the moments where I think this isn't even as bad as it's going to get. Um, you know, like we had this first shock and some people even saying that 
maybe this saves us something even more devastating, meaning that Iran had really planned on a multiple front attack from within Judea and Samaria, the Arabs within Judea and Samaria, from within the Israeli Arabs who are heavily armed, as we know, because I think close to 200 have been killed you know, internecine violence in the Israeli Arab population. And then Hezbollah in Lebanon and then Hamas. And the Hamas went rogue and they did this on their own. And that in hindsight, whatever hindsight's going to look like, um, you know, that this saved us from something that might have even, we might not have been able to recover from. So I know that I feel, and I, I think you do also, like this, this, I don't feel this is a war for our survival. I'm not, I'm not worried about Israel surviving. I'm worried about the price that it's we're going to have to pay in order to do that. Is that how you feel as well? Yeah. Now, listen, you know, uh, I've seen these memes or, you know, what have you on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And of course, of course, you know, the Romans are no longer here. The Babylonians are no longer here. The Greeks are no longer here. And uh, we are still here. And there's no doubt in my mind that we will get through this. But as you said, you know, what's, you know, what's the price going to be? Hamas will be defeated, will be destroyed one way or another. Iran, the mullahs, um, those who are financing terrorism all over the Middle East and all over the world directed against Israel and the Western world, they will be gone at some point but again that that price and that's really where where it hits home yeah um you know for me right now it's just you know i've seen all the horrible videos and the stories and this and that and just when i think i've seen it all another clip comes out or another yeah. story comes out another zaka representative i was just watching listening a few minutes ago for those who don't know those are the people who are responsible for uh they do the holy work of collecting the bodies and just, you know, the stories of, of the, the torture that men, women, and children, and babies uh, endured on October the 7th on Simchat Torah, you know, that just adds, you know, to my personal uh, right. uh, distress or, you know, nightmare. You know, you wake up every day, at least I do, and think, you know, it was just a bad dream. And then you wake up from those bad dreams and realize that this is the real world and this is the bad dream. But yeah. I, I definitely subscribe to, to what you're saying in terms of, uh, you know, the potential for a, a regional war. And perhaps this is just the beginning or perhaps Hamas went, you know, went rogue and we don't know what's going to come from this point on. Um, and, just, you know, God bless those uh, those soldiers down there, whether down there by Aza in the north guarding Judea and Samaria and one thing I did say, and I want to, you know, I'm sure you can uh, relate as well. I know you yourself are doing volunteer work on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I, I don't think, and again, I don't know if this is, if this is something you can measure, but since Simchat Torah till today, from that horrible day till today, I don't think there have been this many acts of goodness and kindness oh my God. in the Jewish people than in the entire history of the Jewish people. I, there's no way to measure it. Eve. There's no way no. I can say, but I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine a time where you have hundreds and hundreds of campaigns for every population imaginable right? within the Jewish people and our friends around the world. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I, no, I no. don't think it's possible. I mean, as much as the evil that was perpetrated against us took our breath away in one sense, like how can this be on the completely other side? of the, the spectrum is how can this be so much goodness? I'm, I'm on these lists of people 
volunteering one of the campaigns that I've run that I'm doing for One Israel Fund because I'm not a security expert. And uh, just to add to what you said, by the way, I've gotten, uh, I just got re from Karim Shalom from one of the communities that was devastated, um, that some of the equipment that we had given them over the years definitely was used to prevent even greater loss of life. And, uh, you know, of course, also arming where we can the first responders in Judea and Samaria, because we're under no illusions that they're not going to try and do the same thing here. And they're right, in some cases right across the valley or right across the street. But so I'm on these lists of volunteers because one of the things that I've been doing is um, joining up with a, a games company, Hakubia, one of my sons who is now called in, uh, works for and doing these matching games um, to give out to the to the refugees. That's the word. I mean, you know, in 2005, we had 9,000 refugees, right? Because Israel did the appalling step of, of eradicating Jewish life in Gaza, which led to where we are today. And uh, so now we have something like 100,000 refugees because we have the Jews from around Gaza, and now they're taking out the about 30 Jewish communities, Israeli communities up in the north because, you know, near Lebanon. And so all the hotels- I think, it, I think it's up to, uh, no, sorry, I think it's up to 200,000 Is now, it 200,000? This morning, 000. yeah, yeah. It's and it's going to be months. And um, yeah. so, you know, people are offering clothes. People are offering their time. I'm a Pilates instructor. Can I come and just do some exercises with you? Uh, can I, I, can, I, I love little kids. I'll come and just run some, you know, little workshop with them. Someone posted last night, my mother just made a huge pot of chicken soup. All Jewish mother jokes aside, okay, where can I bring it? People don't know what to do with themselves. If you're not on the real front, and of course, that's where our hearts and prayers are, um, because we talked about the price that's going to be paid, and now it seems like that's going to be the main price, although who knows, um, is, uh, is you know, the people are on the front. We had we have thousands of ultra-Orthodox, because up until a few weeks ago, that was a discussion, ultra-Orthodox in the army, who are volunteering. They started today, they're volunteering for the IDF, and they want to be a part of it. So there's like a seismic shift in what's happening, but the goodness of the people here is just it's just not to, it, I mean, I, I don't even have any words for it. it. It's everybody is doing whatever they can, what we call ahavat chinam, you know, the like love just because there's no reason for it, um, which is the pushback of why the second temple was destroyed because of baseless hatred is just coming out of everybody's pores. It's, it's, uh, it's unreal. It, it's just unreal. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people giving up their apartments, uh, all sorts of things, homes, letting people into their houses, people who have an apartment right. in Israel don't live here, turning right. over the keys. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day, you know, theologically, you know, we try to explain and understand. We'll never know in this world why things like this happen. You can always, you know, you can speculate, you can say we weren't unified. You have, you can have, but at the end of the day, you're, none of us are God, none of us will, will, will know, you know, why this happened. But, um, but I was going to say that uh, theologically, we have this concept of, of God uh, hiding his face, hester panim, God right. turns away. And again, I, I'm not, I can't say this is what happened. You can only you know, speculate based on our history. You know, how can the Holocaust happen? How can this massacre happen? How can these things happen? And my biggest hope and prayer, you know, is, is the unity which we were just talking about and all the goodness that we've seen over the last 17 days now. That I'm just begging Tashem to God, right. that as a result of this unity, He will He will come back to us. And again, I'm not a Bible scholar, or a Torah scholar, or whatnot, mm -hmm. but but I'm just begging that you know, begging, and this is what I'm focusing on now is that, that 
the fact that this happened, how can it happen? How can God turn away? And Panim, he would hit his face. That please God, the unity and all the mitzvot and the, the Torah learning and every everything else, mm-hmm. all, all the good deeds, the chesed. Uh, um, I hope that, that that is enough to get us to a point where we will, you know, speedily deserve a miracle. Deserve a miracle. I was talking yesterday. Yeah, yeah I was talking about this yesterday, like 1967, we, we got a miracle. We got oh, a yeah. miracle. We defeated the Arab world in six days. Six days we defeated. So it, it is possible. We've seen it before. You know, whether you want to say that's an, I believe that it's an open miracle right there. We, yeah. we need we need miracles. We can't well, we cannot and, do this know, alone. And the strangest thing is because we really have seen the flaws in our leadership, shall we say? And uh, one of the journalists, one of the big journalists in Israel, in Israel today, I think, did something really a disservice to the country. He published an article about the army's mad at Netanyahu, and Netanyahu was blaming the army. We don't need that now. The day of reckoning will come. Um, but there needs to be, I think, I mean, I would like to see some journalists in Israel, obviously not the two of us, um, with their Israeli citizenship stripped away and taken out because there needs to be some kind of, yes, journalistic integrity, but also an understanding that there's a bigger picture here and anything that weakens Israel at this point. It weakens everybody. Um, but, you know, you talk about theological conundrum. Um, so I'm having a different one, which is that we believe firmly, and we just, you know, read about it in the Bible, that God creates everybody, but Selim Elohim. Like every human being is created in the image of God. It's something that's been very powerful for me because, you know, as a Jew, I feel that we have a special role to play in the world, that everybody has a special role to play. God entrusted us with the Torah and to bring those laws of morality to a world that clearly needed it and still does. But the idea that every person has Selim Elohim, so these people, these monsters, like where, where's God's image in that? It's, it seems to me to be the antithesis of what the right. image of God is. Like they don't even deserve any connection with anything. And that, that's where I've been sitting for the past couple of days and, and grappling with that. I don't know if maybe some of your listeners have an answer to that. I would love to hear it if they do. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, these are clearly subhumans, but at the end of the day, they were born, um, you know, obviously they were raised on a culture of hatred from, right. from their mother's milk until now, you know, everyone mm-hmm. is focused now on the civilians in Gaza, the civilians, but, you know, these so-called civilians, how many would, you know, if it's 80%, yeah. if it's 90% that support Hamas, now you're talking about uh, a million people, 2 million people, I don't know the exact number those who are happy with what happened those who raised their kids to do this those who uh sent their kids to schools who taught hate uh, from a young age so mm-hmm. you know while they they it's hard to understand how they have uh, that image of god within them after they committed this atrocity um yeah you know we we see that you know nature and of course the absolutely the nurture what they got from a young age and and as you said, whether it's in Aza or whether it's uh, down the road in, in Jerusalem or in Judea and Samaria or in the north, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going to be, but, um, you know, well, that, I'll, I'll that... tell you what the difference is, though. And there yeah. was a, a really there's a synagogue in my neighborhood that's really made up of of people who of English speakers. What does that mean? It means people who made the choice and moved to Israel. Um, you know, coming mainly from the West and from very successful societies and jobs who um, are the minority of the people. Fortunately, most of the people that I grew up with and that I know did not move to Israel. And I'm sure it's the same with you. Um, So he was speaking because 
I think a lot of us are thinking, did we make a mistake? You know, it's not like our, I mean, most of my kids were born here, so they are Israelis, but you know, we made a choice to come here. And by making that choice, did we put our children in danger? And you know, did we bring them to a dangerous country? And I'm sure more than one of us have a relative who, or, you know, who's gonna be sure to say that. Uh, not that it's safe anywhere in the world and definitely not for the Jews, but you know, this was the one place that was supposed to be safe. And it was, it was Rev. Judah, Rev. Um, Judah Michelle. I wasn't there, mm -hmm. but somebody sent me a tape recording of it. And he said, there's a difference. There's a difference today between the Holocaust, as you mentioned, and the Crusades and Kishinev and all the pogroms that we've gone to over time. And the difference is now that we have a state and we have an army. And so, yes, we were caught helpless and, and horrible things were done to people who were defenseless. But we can fight back now, which we couldn't before. And what he said was, is that the gift that we gave our children, in addition and you know, to being a part of the dream of the Jews, and for me, it was almost not a choice. I mean, in order to really live life fully as a Jew and without the hypocrisy of talking about next year in Jerusalem, but being able to actually be here and do that, he said we raised our children as warriors and not as victims. And that is the I'm big into that. And that is the big difference between the state of the Jews for the last 2000 years and where we are today. And it doesn't mean that we won't bleed and we won't hurt and that there won't be a whole lot of funerals, but we are not going down again ever, ever. And this is a generation of Jews who know how to fight. We don't want to fight. We have done everything that we possibly could to not have to fight and made a lot of mistakes and a misbegotten idea that the other side feels the same way about peace and about loving and protecting our children the way we do. And it's a shame for all of them that they didn't learn from us. But we know very well how to fight and we will because this is never going to happen again. And anybody who thinks that they can mess with the Jews is going to pay for it big time. And that is the lesson that we have now. And I wish, you know, I wish, it's like I, my husband and I said, like, they should send old people into the army. You know, like I, I've lived a good life. Thank God I have children and grandchildren. There's still things I want to do. But like, you know, why should why should the boys, 18 and 19 and 20 year old boys who have their whole futures in front and girls who have their whole future in front of them? Why are they the ones who have to pay the price? So there's so many things that is wrong about all of this, but what is definitely going to happen and the question is of course on what scale is that we're gonna beat this evil back and not just because of us, but because of the world, because the darkness comes to the light and we are the light. And uh, you know, I, I was thinking you mentioned a regional war. so. I don't know if that's what I want or not. Like, let's say we beat Hamas and maybe even Hezbollah, but the head of the snake is still out there and that's Iran. So yeah. we'll we wait a year or two and then we do this again. Like, how does that work? Or maybe now that we have some kind of world sympathy, empathy, you know, aircraft carriers here, Yemen shooting missiles that Saudi Arabia is shooting down that are heading for Israel. Do we want this to get bigger? Should we just like get it over with? I'm so conflicted and so torn on so many different levels. Yeah, I mean, it's it's beyond our control, I guess, uh, you and I, in terms of you know what the future holds. And again, I don't even know if you know our leaders have the answer to those questions. And hopefully they're sitting right now in the uh, military headquarters in Tel Aviv and have a, a smart and effective plan for the short term, at least, for what's going on down now in Aza and in the north, uh, and that's and that's really what I pray that 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 God gives them, you know, the vision and the ability to think clearly and think rationally, and come up with whatever plan it is um, in order to defeat this evil. And um, you know, 
I don't know if it's in a year from now, we'll have to be with Iran or two years from now, but you know, that's really you know the story of, of, of the Jewish history when we've had em enemies coming from us in all different directions, all different types, all different kinds, all different generations, all different periods, um, all different places. And now it's really here on our on our homeland, in our homeland, on our on our home front. I mean, we're literally at this point battling for our homes. Um, and unfortunately, so many fell defending their homes and their families on Simchat Torah just 17 days ago. But right. it remains to be seen, you know, what will happen. But I pray, I pray and I hope that our leaders are clear and the plan is clear. And those 18, 19, 20 year olds who are down there or up, up, up by the Lebanon border, wherever they are, Judea and Samaria, right. guarding, protecting uh, Herzliya, wherever it is across the country. There's soldiers everywhere now. There's soldiers. Mm -hmm. I was just drove through Shalim. There's security out in droves here in Jerusalem, protecting the streets of Jer Jerusalem. I don't go anywhere uh, without my gun. Yeah. Pilates <laughs> class this morning. Preach, preach into the choir. Preach yeah. into the choir, yeah. you know. Not, not even yeah, next door. Yeah, exactly what you said before. You know, we we do have the ability now to arm ourselves and protect right. ourselves. And as bad as, as things are, we're, we're not going down. One of the, the biggest challenges I know is is the whole concept of fear because it's it is it is frightening it is frightening what happened but we cannot let fear rule because then the terrorists win and i know that mm -hmm. and as difficult it is is it is to sleep and uh you know this morning i think i was even chant you know half awake half asleep just you know chanting to myself even you know saying to myself i will not let fear win fear right. will not win we are strong we are mm -hmm. here to stay and we will defeat our enemy and i, I think i was chanting it i don't even, it's like it's such a blur like days and nights right. and days and nights everything is so blurred i think it was this morning when i was literally telling trying to convince myself and convincing myself that fear will not win right you know if you're as bad as things were if you are you know if you're god fearing uh, you have to have a muna you have to have faith and you cannot let fear win because right. then the bad guys win, and, but it's still uh, there. And we won't have it. It's there. It's in the it's back there. of your head. It's there. It's we're only humans. natural. We're humans. We're exactly. humans. There's nothing you can do. And, and again, more and more, I try. I'm trying, trying not to watch these clips. But with social media, things just popping up on your screen mm -hmm. of the massacre which took place, and all this other stuff. And the more and more details as we go down, you know, more yeah. things are being They're... learned about how brutal and savage they were. You know, murdering families and sitting down to eat their simchat Torah meal in their homes. Right. Right. And I don't really don't even want to get into that. It's just too much for me and it's too much for all of us. But mm -hmm. I want to take from this conversation the inspiring words you just said, um, based on uh Robbie Michelle, that we are we are warriors now. We are warriors now, we are not sheep to slaughter, and we are gonna get through this. Um and I think I think we should end right now. I think that's the message. We are going to get through this. We are going to get right. through this together as one, unified with all the acts of kindness that we've seen. And please, God, we will defeat our enemies uh, very, very soon. Amen. And so, I mean, and to thank, I just want to thank your listeners for listening. First of all, to yeah. your words every week, and the information that you give over in a really very rational, you know, in, in good way. Um, and also just the, our voices from here, living this out in the middle of the story, you know, like what they're going to write about in history is we're in the middle of it. And we don't, we don't know, we don't know how it's going to end. And, and I know people out there are praying for us. Don't feel sorry for us though. This is not a pity party. Pray right. for us. We are strong. Pray that God gives us strength. Pray that we use our strength. And like you just said, that our leadership uses in whatever capabilities they have to make the smart decisions because lives depend on it. 
but we are not to be pitied. We are the Jewish people. We are God's people. We are home in our land. And, um, and, and even we, with all those haters okay. out there, all those haters, all those haters, <laughs> so many haters. Josh. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. My just go on, goodness. just go on Twitter. Yeah. Just it's, it's so too much. Haters. It's right. too much. I, I try to respond to each and every one that I see. <sighs> You know, whether it's you know doing any good or any not, but I won't sit quietly. We will not be sheep to no. the slaughter. Nope. And I let's end on that. Well. As, Thank you, you know, Josh. just so people know, like literally. I wasn't going to really get into the news, but, you know, iron uh, the, uh, you know, code red siren just 40 minutes ago with rockets fired at Beersheba and it's still going on. And we are just getting started, really, uh, in this battle. Eve Harrow, host of Rejuvenation here on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com, also director of educational projects and tourism for the One Israel Fund. Next time you're in Israel, next time, yeah, next time you're in Israel, yeah, you know, you thought it was over with Corona, with COVID-19. The, there's, yeah, there's no tourism right now, but it'll come back and, and stronger than ever. I also want to sh- uh, give a shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does here behind the scenes. My name is Josh Haston. This has been a very, very special edition of Israel Uncensored here on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Get in touch with me. Your emails mean a lot. Josh at the more now more than ever. Josh at thelandofisrael.com. On Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Get in touch with me. Let me know what you thought of this show. And, um, you know, if you want to send your messages and your hopes and your prayers to Israel, feel free to send them on my way. Whatever you want to direct towards Eve, I'm happy to pass them on. And you can hear her show tomorrow, Rejuvenation on the Land of Israel Network. You can get in touch with her directly. So everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Shalom from Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the state of Israel and the Jewish people. We are here to stay, folks. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much.